podcast number nine coming up. How's everybody doing today? Nelson Montana here for Protein Factory. Good to be back. We have an interesting show today. We're going to be handling a topic that seems quite mundane. It's a, a question that I must have gotten literally hundreds of times throughout my career. It's, it's so n- average <laughs> that it almost seems like something that should be avoided. But I think we have some uh, new insights into this. It's, you hear it all the time. People say, what can I do to flatten my stomach? Well, you know, off the top of my head, I tend to go, well, just don't eat so much and, and, you know, work your abs. And, of course, as we all know, bodybuilders know that you can spot reduce and doing sit-ups and leg raises and ab exercises are not necessarily going to make the waist smaller. So you tell that to a beginner and they're like, well, what do I do? They, they just seem like they're doomed. But uh, I have a few tips that I think can actually help even somebody who is lean, who has, it wasn't out of shape, doesn't have a beer belly, but who still wants to get those abs a little bit tighter and that waist a little bit smaller. Now, in order to do this, it's important to understand some anatomy. I don't want to just give this geeky um, lesson on uh, the different muscles and the different Latin names and all this that has nothing to do with exercise, you know, getting your waist smaller or your abs tighter. But it is important to understand how they work so you know how to target them. Okay, so let me explain this briefly. The, uh, the abs that we see when somebody has a six-pack or a four-pack, whatever it might be, those are the rectus abdominals. Now, there are some people who are lean but don't necessarily have great abdominals. That is a matter of anatomy. Some people's abs are set back a little bit. Some people have, you you don't necessarily even have to have fat covering them. They just, they don't protrude. They don't really come out. And part of the reason for that is underneath the abs that show are what are called the transverse abdominal muscles. Those are the muscles responsible for sucking your stomach in. Okay, and then beyond that, there is a fascia. The fascia is essentially, it's a sheet. It's almost like a, uh, well, it really is a fatty sheet that uh, goes behind the transverse abdominals, and it acts as a sort of a a second uh, protection for our organs, because beyond that is your stomach, your liver, and and everything else. And most exercises concentrate on that rectus abdominals, those showy muscles, because those are the ones that you see. Um, But the transverse and even that fascia is a factor in terms of how good your abs are going to look. Now, what happens, you've all seen these, a lot of modern bodybuilders are accused of having big bubble guts. You see these guys, you know, with these enormous bellies. It it doesn't look good. It isn't aesthetic. It isn't the the physical ideal that I grew up with. I don't like the look of it, but that comes from growth hormone. Growth hormone makes everything grow, so it also will make your waist grow. Now, people think, well, it makes your organs grow. That isn't necessarily true, but it will make everything in your waist area bigger, including the, uh, the fascist sheet, which tends to hold a lot of fat. That's even if you're lean, that will hold fat. And I, there's a name for it. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it. But it is that a sheet, the fascist sheet, covering 
the organs. So when you take GH, this all grows, and obviously these guys are taking an enormous amount of food, and that's it as well. It's not even so much calories. It's when every time you eat, every time you overeat, you are sort of forcing the, the stomach to push against the fascia, the transverse, and the rectus abdominals. Every time you push out, it creates that, that dissension, belly that sticks out. So obviously overeating is the worst thing you could do, but it is more than just the food. It is more than just the calories. It actually is the volume in your stomach. You may notice that if you go a long time without eating, that you can suck your stomach in better. Well, that's because there isn't any pressure on the transverse abdominals. And since we're on the, to um, the topic of the transverse abdominals, that's another thing I want to address because this is something else that could really help you in slenderizing the waistline. What a lot of the old timers did was they would suck their stomach in. You look at the old bodybuilding pictures, they always have their stomach stuck in. Uh, the obvious reason for that, you want the waist to look smaller. But sucking your stomach in also works those muscles. When those muscles get lax, again, they tend to droop, they tend to protrude, and that causes a bigger waist. When you suck the muscles in, that's really an abdominal exercise. People don't look at it that way. The, the yogis look at it that way. I remember... Years ago, um, when I was studying uh, yoga from a real old school guy, and he thought that the greatest thing for the internal organs is to practice sucking in the stomach. And you could do that two ways. You could hold it in, just walking down the street. Just walk down the street and suck your stomach in. Get used to keeping that in. Or you could actually do reps. Suck it in, relax. Suck it in, relax. And it seems inconsequential, but that can really make a difference in how, dare I use the word, toned your abs appear. Because if those transverse muscles can be pushed in, then that also allows the rectus abdominals to show more clearly. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Frank Zane, I want you to Google Frank Zane vacuum pose. Uh, that is, the vacuum pose is where guys would just suck their stomach in so hard that their waist looked like they, it was touching their spine. And there's a shot of Frank Zane where he's using the vacuum pose, and it's absolutely amazing. There isn't a bodybuilder around today that could do that. Uh, the old timers is more common. Uh, Arnold would do it, uh, Dave Draper, all the old guys worked on sucking their stomach in. And it is more than just a visual. It is actually good for the abdominals. Also, there are genetics involved. Some people are insulin resistant. They tend to hold a lot of uh, fat in the stomach. Most people hold the fat in the stomach. It's probably nature's way of protecting the organs. When you had extra fat, it figures, well, let's go to that area because all these vital organs there. And if we get bitten by a saber-toothed tiger, uh, maybe that'll help us a little bit. So fat is naturally going to settle around the waistline. So if you have insulin resistance, which people develop as they get older also, you really have to watch the sugars. And you have to watch that intake. Um, there are things you can take. There are supplements. I, I like alpha-lipoic acid. That's good for help you. So too much sugar isn't stored in the liver to be released later. When you, when you hold on to sugar, it will be used for energy, but if you're not utilizing that energy, it gets stored as fat, 
and that becomes visceral fat around the waist, and that becomes more difficult to get rid of. Um, an old-time supplement, vanillyl sulfate, that will actually help shuttle glucose into the muscles so it isn't stored. There's something called berberine, which lowers blood sugar. Gucolipids lower blood sugar. Gymnema sylvestri, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I heard a thousand different pronunciations of that. Uh, G-Y-M-N-E-M-A-S-Y-L-V-E-S-T-R-E, I believe. Um, that also um, prevents sugar from building up. Now, you just can't take a ton of these supplements and think like, oh, this is going to eliminate all the sugar in my body. No, they'll help a little bit. Everything helps a little bit. I have mentioned this before. I am a big believer in the shotgun approach where you, you do everything. Do everything you can. If everything helps a little bit, it adds up. Oh, this might help 2%. That might help 2%. And the more you do, the closer you get to accomplishing what you're looking to accomplish. Other than that, it really is a matter of exercise, building muscle, and, and watching the calories. You can't eat too much. You know, if somebody, there's, there's no way you can overeat and have a trim waistline. So that's it. That's the bottom line with all of this. But these little tips can help make a difference in terms of getting back in shape. And if you already are, are in shape, this can also help make your abs a little bit tighter, a little firmer, and the waist a little bit smaller. Oh, and I was also asked about sweat belts. This may be a surprise because most people just poo-poo sweat belts. Like, oh, it's just water. It's nothing. I like them. I think that wearing a sweat belt can make a difference. You lose a little water, but if you do that every day, it, it'll tighten it up. Again, we're talking 2%. Putting on a sweat belt every now and then is not going to give you a small waist. You, you know, you can't be eating a coffee cake and lasagna and expect, oh, I wore a sweat belt, I, I should be fine. No, it doesn't work like that. All of these things are just little 2% aids, but you put them all together, along with your training, along with making sure that you build muscle, along with making sure that you have a mostly protein diet, keeping the starches, the carbs, and the fats to a minimum, and the sweets, obviously, to a minimum. And if you stick with it, just not, it can't be something you do now and then. If you stick with it, you'll start to see those abs coming out. And I also have, um, on my TikTok videos, I also give some interesting ab exercises that are a little bit different from sit-ups and leg raises. So you may want to check that out. Go to Nelson Montana 53 on TikTok, and I have a bodybuilding hint every day. A little one or two minute uh, tip, and the ab exercises are there as well. Okay, on a similar topic, I've been asked about working the obliques, the side of the waist. Now, if you listen to most trainers and internet gurus, they'll say, oh, don't train the, ab the uh, obliques with weight because it'll make the oblique muscles bigger. Yeah, but to me, that's sort of as silly as women who don't want to lift weights because they're afraid of getting too bulky. And I always tell my female clients, no way are you going to do a workout with weights and wake up the next morning and say, oh my God, I'm too muscular. That will not happen. And it's kind of the same thing with working the obliques with, uh, with weight. But there is a way of doing it that's better than others. 
I do believe instead of using a, a dumbbell in each hand and doing side bends, that for some reason, it does seem to kind of push the waist out a little bit. I like using one dumbbell. One dumbbell at a time, you do move your side bends, do it at a good steady clip, and then switch, and you will build a little bit of muscle, but that muscle will give sort of that, that nice cut into the waist. You want a little bit of shape. I mean, look, if you're, you get a blocky waist, there's, that's just genetics. Again, that's just your anatomy. There's nothing you can do about it. But even if you have a blocky waist, if you get that oblique muscle really tight and that little cut into the waist, it's going to look better. You know, just having a smaller, soft oblique is not really the way to go. So I do believe in working the obliques. Obviously not too much, obviously not too heavy. But I think a little oblique work will help in the appearance of having a more muscular waist. Okay, another question I got, uh, I spoke about this on the TikTok uh, videos. It is about uh, the use of testosterone and the various esters. I am also often asked, well, what is the best ester? Should I use Cypionate? Should I use Propionate? Should I use Aldous? Should I use Sustanon? People love the drug Sustanon. And here's my take on that. I, I don't see the advantage of using Propionate. Propionate is active for about 24 hours, which means that you have to shoot daily. And I just don't see any benefit of that. I don't know why you'd want to inject yourself daily with that. Um, I'm on HRT, I'm on hormone replacement therapy, and I use either Cypionate or Enethate. They're essentially the, the same thing. And they last about 10 days. And I shoot once a week, and that works out fine. There's a slight elevation, maybe 24 hours after your injection. There's maybe a slight drop off a, a couple of days on the sixth and seventh day. But for the most part, you can keep testosterone levels pretty stable with just that one shot a week. Now, the thing with Sustanon is interesting. It's a, um, I like to quote Dan Duchesne. He called it a very elegant concept. It has four different esters, which release at different times. You have propionate, which is in your bloodstream immediately. And then you have, um, what are the others? The, the phenylpropionate and the uh, isocaproate, which is, um, you know, which lasts pretty much the same as the cypionate or enanthate. I'm sorry if I'm throwing all these words at some people who may not be familiar with them. But the basis is that they just release at different times. And then there's a testosterone decanoate, which lasts like a month. Okay. Um, I don't really see the benefit of that. I don't see the benefit of having all these different release times. Because if you're injecting regularly, if it's just once a week on HRT, or if you're injecting every other day or every day on a cycle, the release time, the levels in your body, it'll take care of itself. Because if you're doing Cypionate every day, you will have steady levels because you're taking X amount every day. Or if you're taking it once a week, you'll have steady levels because you're taking it once a week. If the ester releases over a course of 10 days, it takes care of itself. I see no reason to have something in your system immediately and having something that's going to last 20 days. So the whole concept of Sustanon, I, I think, is pretty dumb when you come right down to it. Um, it's okay if somebody was just going to take one shot. Then that might make sense. But who takes just one shot? I think why a lot of people like Sustanon is it's a whopping 250 milligrams per milliliter. So... Most testosterone is 100. 
So you're getting over twice the amount, and that hits hard. That, and especially with the propionate, aid, because you, you feel that pretty much immediately. You know, it's a hard-hitting drug, and people think it's superior for that reason. But it's really just more testosterone. There is no benefit to the various release times, as far as I can tell. Okay, one other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, my book is available for free, for free right here at ProteinFactory.com. I wrote The Bodybuilding Truth, Secrets You're Not Supposed to Know. It, uh, I did that back in 2003, so it's a while ago. Um, some of the supplement information in that I admit might be a little bit dated because of when it was done, but there are tons of great training tips in that book that I think you'll really enjoy, stuff that I can't get into either on the TikTok videos or even on the podcast, really in-depth stuff, lots of different techniques. One of the uh, ab exercises I had mentioned is in that book and um, approaches to nutrition, approaches to diet, lots of really good stuff. It's free. How could you go wrong? Just download it, and it's yours. And, of course, no place has a better selection of proteins than Protein.com. And more than that, no one has the quality protein of Protein Factory. That's the difference. My man, Alex Rogers, he really makes sure that he gets the absolute top-shelf stuff. No junk, no filler, really, really great stuff, and at the absolute best prices. And remember that Unleashed is a Protein Factory exclusive. The only supplement that boosts testosterone by increasing free testosterone, not by adding anything. There's nothing suppressive there. It just works by blocking the bad enzymes which keep your testosterone bound. So Unleash, check that out. Great stuff. Okay, I'm always surprised how fast these go. Uh, I know I tend to be a fast talker. <laughs> I'm a little hyper, and um, people think I'm on stimulants. The funny thing is, I can't stand stimulants. I think it's because I'm already so excited all the time. If I take stimulants, my brain wants to explode. But uh, that's it for this episode. But we're back here every Monday. There will be a new podcast. And again, check out Nelson Montana 53 on TikTok for a daily bodybuilding hint. All sorts of cool stuff. We deal with everything from training to supplementation to diet to drugs to SARMs to peptides, everything. Everything and anything that helps us in our quest for a better body. Okay, until next time, I'm Nelson Montana. See you at the gym. <laughs>